you, Hunter. I got to tell you, that's impressive stuff they do around here. I didn't know what all they do, but that's pretty impressive. I, I'm not technical savage and all that, but, uh, but I, I like that. And if you are good, then God bless you, yeah, especially this time in the morning. Thanks for being here. Continue to eat, by the way. They cut off the music so quick just now when I started speaking. I think everybody went into shock. So you can continue to eat. Uh, we're going to have a good time this morning. And by the way, I just tried. I wanted to try it for myself, the breakfast. I normally don't eat breakfast before I speak. But I said, let me try it because I've been hearing rave reviews, and it is fantastic. So if you don't get anything else but a breakfast, you got a good one this morning. I do believe that what you're going to get today is going to be something, though, that I know will help you, okay? Um, I was meeting with some people the other day that they, they asked the question. They said, if you could go back and look at certain things, kind of the, the, the turning points in your life, uh, what were the things that, that really helped you to, to get grounded and yet to grow? And I, and I just jotted down a few of them. And one of them was so simple that when I said it, one of the other people said, well, we'll go back to that one. So I told him, and he said, no, let's talk about it more because in my class that I took in college, they talked about it, but we never got deep in it. And so we spent about 15 or 20 minutes, and I shared with them something that they had never quite heard, that heard of, but not quite heard. And so it dawned on me. I said, well, let me just share that because that was, for me, one of the transformational times in my life. And, um, and it's just a little thing that I learned, and when I first learned it, I learned it from someone that taught me and mentored me. And then I started reading books, and then of all things, it got validated when I went to a conference, and there was a man speaking that got up and and he was not a good speaker. He was a boring speaker. He literally was putting people to sleep. He was a Harvard professor. But as he began to share some of the things about it, it was the same subject. And other people weren't really buying into it. But I said, man, this is kind of the, the icing on the cake for what I'm learning. So I want to give it to, the, to you today as well. And uh, basically, it's going to be very simple. I'm just going to call it know, know Your Values. Knowing Your Values. Now, I'll use a biblical example of some people in a moment uh, which would be like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. But here's what I know that, that changed me and helped me. And I hope that for you, if you get some of this, it'll, I believe at least one or two of these will guide you. Um, when I learned about what values were and, and how to decide your values and how to develop those values, when I learned those things, it was for me like taking a a boat and being out on the water where there was open sea. Suddenly I said, this is what I've been looking for. It's almost like the, the wings that, that the bird catches and is able to fly upon the wind. Here's, here's what they are. Let me jump right into it. What are core values? If I think about the core values of your life, the question is, is what are they? And I'll, I'll give some answers. Core values are principles or beliefs that are most important to you. And they may not be to anyone else, but they are to you. And um, they could be in a number of areas. They're, you could have a hundred core values. Um, uh, honesty, hard work ethic, uh, loyalty, integrity, respect, honor, uh, win at all costs, that's a value. Uh, collect and hoard, that's a value. Money is a value to some. Generosity is a value. Um, you know, excellence is a value. So you can go forever. The key is all of us have them. But we don't always identify them. And if you don't identify this, it doesn't matter about all the other things we know up here in the head. This is your rudder. This is going to guide your life. Other things may teach you how to, how to better have relationships, may teach you how to control your emotions, may, may teach you how to profile certain people or find their giftedness. But the only thing that's going to determine whether you really make it in the long run is your values. And, and so it's really a simple thing, but it is the root 
I mentioned that it's the most important area. Our values shape every single thing that we do. What we do really comes from the way that, our va- that, that we, we hold our values. Uh, they decide what type of person you are. If you want to know what a person's really like, you, you evaluate what their values are, and that will tell you. Um, you, you, can, you can, if you're going to hire somebody, by the way, if you're bringing a new person on your team, one, the, one of the most important things you need to know right along with can they do the job is what are their values. Because even if they can do the jobs, but they don't have the same values, you'll have a problem one day or they'll be unfulfilled. Uh, they, so I mentioned they, they decide the type of person. They decide who we associate with. Your values determine who your friends are, okay? Um, you know, you've heard those saying, show me your friends, I'll show you your future, and that is true. But, uh, you know, there, there's another saying we're familiar with, birds of a feather flock together. Um, we, we have a lot of birds where I live at, and my wife feeds a lot, so we get all these kind that come in. Some of them come from South Africa, and they come our way, and, and I have a neighbor that loves them, so we'll take a picture and send it to her, and, and it kind of brightens her day. But um, the interesting thing is, we don't see the red birds and the blue birds and the sparrows and, and all those flying together. They, they, they really are. If you talk about segregation, they are very segregated, okay? You, you will see the the red birds coming up all at one time to eat, and then they leave, then the bluebirds come up. When they leave, then the finches come up. And, and it's interesting to watch them. And I, I remember looking at them one day, and I thought, that's where they got that saying, birds of a feather flock together. You know why? They're alike. And so they're, they're together. The Bible says it this way. Can two walk together and not be agreed? That is, you're in agreement with the people that you live your life with on a regular basis. Now, that's, that's good or bad. Negative people literally do negative people uh, run with negative people. Positive people run with positive people. And whatever your values are is going to determine, again, the people you're with. I'll give you, I'll give you the, the, the pros and the cons. I, I have in my own life a certain a lot of circles that we talk about. You know, there's family, then there's intimate friends. I have seven people in that group. And those seven people, we share the exact same values. And then there's another group called, you know, uh, close friends. And then casual friends and then acquaintances. As long as everybody's in their, in their circle, everything is well. But they're always in those circles because of their values. That's the one thing that puts them there. And if they're not, for example, I'll give you this one. This, is, this one just comes to me about a negative side. When I said positive and negative. My wife hates gossip. I mean, hates it. You know, there's some people that they live for it. I learned, that was one of the things that drew me to her. If you talk about somebody in her presence, she's got this philosophy. If, you, if you're going to say something about somebody, would you say it if they were sitting right here and Jesus is sitting right there? And if you wouldn't, then don't say it. And years ago, what was interesting was there was a lady that I grew up with at a school uh, down in Eufaula, and she called me, and she, we was talking. She said, Bill, I've lived in Columbus many years, and, and uh, we hadn't seen. I'd love to get acquainted one time, and I just love your wife, love to get acquainted, and, And so I said, Debbie, you know, I knew her. She was a cheerleader in high school and great girl. She was about a year ahead of me, but, you know, know, go go with her. She's starting to visit church. So So Debbie met her at a lunch. Now, all I knew was she met her at a lunch at an Applebee's, and she was going to meet her, and I said, you'll have a good time. And then that afternoon, my phone rings, secretary calls, and says, uh, or that really about noontime, and says, uh, uh, this lady wants to speak to me. So I get on the phone with her. I say, hey, how you doing? You went to lunch with Debbie. She said, well, that's what I'm concerned about. I've been calling her and calling her. And she said, I was in a conversation, and I didn't know if she was sick or what, 
But right in the middle of our conversation, she just got up and she said, this will take care of my end and laid her money down and walked out, walked out of the restaurant. She said, I thought, was she going to the bathroom? She went out. She said, I saw her get in the car and drive off. And she said, is she okay? I said, well, I haven't heard from her today and I, I don't know. And so I, as I got to talking with her longer, I said, what were you talking about? She said, she was sick. No. And then she said, well, I just mentioned about this hairdresser that we both share. And I was telling her some things about the hairdresser. And all of a sudden, she just got up, reached in her pocketbook, put her tip on the, and walked out. Didn't say bye. Didn't say have a good day. Didn't say nothing. And then she, you know, she still thought she was sick. And I remember thinking, ah, you were gossiping. That, that'll cause her to run like there's a fire. And so sure enough, that night when she came in, I said, by the way, and I named her name, I said, she called me today. She said, did she? I said, yeah. And I said, and she said, you got up in the middle of the conversation and walked out. She said, yeah. And I said, was she gossiping? She said, yep. And that was all it was said. We never talked about that much further, but I thought I, she would do it with me if I ever did it. That's my value. If you have a value, whatever it is, if you have a value, you will live and die by that value. And nothing will change you from it, good or bad. So you got to learn, what, is, what are my values? And, and many more. They will determine not only who we associate with, they'll determine the priorities of your life. Your value becomes priority. I, I had a friend that was, when he was 26, all he, he said, when I'm 30, I'm going to be a millionaire. That was his whole goal. And he was. He took some shortcuts to get there, and he, you know, he hurt some people in the process, and I remember after he reached his goal, he's about 32, 33, he had his money, but he had no friends and bad reputation. And, and I couldn't help but think, I remember when he was 26, the driving obsession of his life was, because he'd been raised poor, I'm going to be a millionaire. And he was great at what he did, and he achieved his goal, but the problem was the way he achieved it apparently hurt some people on the, on the way, and he was still unfulfilled, though he had his goal. So whatever you value, good, bad, money, generosity, excellence, whatever. Uh, and, then, and then it also does this. Your values decide the length and the depth of your relationships. They will decide how long your relationships will last, and they will decide how deep those relationships are. Your values are the one thing that that is the indicator. That's, that shows, if, in fact, how you live your life and how you declare your beliefs have got to match up. If they don't, you'll lose it. It's kind of like, I call it a code. Uh, I, I hope you live by a code. You know, warriors have a code. Nobody has a code they live by. And, and I will respect you as long as you live by that code. And I don't care what that code is. You may say, I'm a vegan, and I'm never going to eat a piece of meat in my life, and everybody in the world ought to. God bless you. I'm not, but God bless you. You, it's a free country. You, you be as vegan as you want to be. But if you come up with a pork chop now, you just lost all your credibility. Okay? I know people that will say, this is what I do. If, you, if that's your declared code, live by it. And people will respect you even if they don't agree with it. But if you don't live up to the code you profess, that's when you lose the respect. And so your values are going to determine for you those areas. Now, uh, here's, here's what clearly divine, without, without your values, without clearly defined values, here's basically what you get. You'll be aimless. You'll never really figure out where my purpose and what I can do and how I could be my best. Uh, you'll make decisions based on perception. I had to learn uh, during the years of being a pastor, 
I learned what judges must feel like because the first person that comes to you always tells a side that you'll believe if, you know, it sounds good. And, and, and I used to always think, yeah, the first person that came to you, that's, that's right. And then when I listened to both sides, I'd say, wait a minute, a little bit of truth in both and somewhere the real truth's in the middle. But I, I, I got a real heart for judges then. I thought, you know, they, they got to listen to both sides of an argument rather than just go by their emotions. And, and, and I encourage you, when you know your values, you'll begin making decisions then off of truth and off of facts and not just your emotions or what you perceive at the moment. Uh, perception can be wrong. Uh, and, and so the next is um, you, you send out a conflicted life message if you don't share or live your values right. It just it sends out a message that, that's, that what they do and what they are is not the same. With, divine, uh, with defined values, here's what you got. You'll have clear direction. You'll know kind of what I do, what I don't do. You'll have a sense of calling or a sense of purpose. And, um, and you'll find for yourself your values will become your moral compass. You know, there, there's something inside you. It's like the little boy one time, he was trying to get some cookies. He was looking at the cookie jar, and his mom said, are you trying to get a cookie? He said, no, ma'am, I'm trying hard not to. But what's happening is his values are speaking to him. Your values can be for you your moral conscience. They, they are your police that police you when nobody else is there to do it. And so there, there's a key to learning how to live by that. Now, I mentioned this along the slide. Here's what else I'll do. You'll make your decisions based on your values. Um, if you have good values, you'll make decisions based on them before you even get to the bridge. I, uh, I did something yesterday. I thought it was funny. I, I didn't know. I got blocked and whatever all, all on Instagram and got this nasty big email from these people. And, and all I did, it's crazy, but I, I, I knew I was going to get blocked before I did it. I, I knew it. And, and I said, I'm going to do it anyway. And so... All I did, I took a government document that told how many weapons we left in Afghanistan last week. And all I did, just not a word, just put it on my Instagram. I said, now, I want to see how long it'll take. And within two minutes, my whole account was shut down. And then they sent me this letter. And what they were saying, what, none of it was true. Then about 4 o'clock in the afternoon, I didn't do a thing. I left it there. But, but about 4 o'clock in the afternoon, then I get kind of an apology letter. And, but we're warning you. We're watching you. What I do? I gave them their own facts. That's all. We're living in a world where some people, I didn't know this, but after it happened, I had people call me and they said, you got blocked, you got banned. I said, yeah. And they said, that's the reason I don't say nothing. And, and I couldn't help but think, what? You don't say nothing because you're afraid? See, if you've got values, you're going to do what's right before you get to that bridge. You've already decided, this is what I'm going to do regardless. I, I had... Uh, had a lady this morning in our house, 5 a.m. this morning, wonderful lady, and she and my wife were together and talking, and I came in on the back end of the conversation, and I, my mouth just drops listening to her talk. And they're having coffee and, and, um, and muffins. And, and, and one of the things that she started telling was, no, my life changed when they said, you have to deny Jesus right here. And if you don't, then his, and she was married, by the way, but her husband turned from his faith, and so it came to a place where I'm leaving and you either deny Jesus or we don't have a relationship. And she was willing to make a decision. And he went in a whole different direction, later came back, but by that time she's moved on. But she said, you don't know how difficult that was, you know, for, for me at first. So you mean to tell me our marriage is over if I don't do this? And she said, I hate to tell you, but 
this is, I, I'm, on, I'm not denying him. And she paid that price that while she was just talking like it was normal, I'm thinking, girl, I wish you had a generation just like that. You just do what's right regardless of whether anybody likes it or not. Now, uh, here's what happens. I'll give you a biblical example of it. Um, basically, your biblical example is this. Your values determine your non-negotiables, and they'll, they'll put that up there as well, I'm sure. I mentioned they'll bring alignment, yes. That is, you'll stay in a marriage longer because you've got shared values you want. A marriage without the same values ultimately is going to head off the cliff. Uh, you'll stay in a job, by the way, if you've got the same values. If you don't, there'll come a time that you'll say, I can't work anymore, we're not on the same place and all that. And so you, you're going to stay in a job, stay in a marriage, in the long run based on the values. But I mentioned that they're your non-negotiables, and I love this example. In Daniel chapter 3, there's a story about three Hebrew guys. You've heard it before, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And there was a king named Nebuchadnezzar, and uh, he was the king there of Persia, which is today Iran. And so modern-day Iran, he was the king of. And one day he built this big gold statue, and he wanted everybody to come and to bow down to that image. And so they all got together, and he was basically a, a, a pretty much a, a dictator and, and threatening and so everybody just fell in line. They did what he said because of fear. And so can you imagine this? They blow the trumpets. Everybody falls. And they're quaking while they're falling. They're looking around. They're scared they're going to die. But there's three boys that are standing up. And they, you know, they heard it, but they're still standing. And so somebody points it out and says, King, wait a minute. These guys didn't, didn't uh, bow down. Everybody else did, but these guys didn't. And so they go and, and they try to negotiate. They say, look, did you not hear? Um, I'll tell you what we'll do. We'll, we'll give you another chance. And they said no. And then the king said this. He really threatened them. He said, guys, if you don't get in line and do what everybody else is doing, here's what happens. Then I'm going to heat up that fire seven times hotter, and I'm going to throw you in. And there's a verse there in Daniel 3.17 that I love. They said, king, we are not careful to decide this. What they mean is this. <clears throat> it means we don't need to reconsider. We don't have to have a second chance. Uh, we, we know what we're going to do. We're not going to bow down to your image. We're going to bow down to our God, but not your image. And so you can heat the fire up as much as you want. And everybody around us, they can bow down if they want. But me and my bros here, we, we're not bowing. And they threw them in the fire and they came out later and you know the rest of the story. But when I look at that story, I think here's some guys that basically are saying, King, we decided this long ago. We have values, and our values are in place. We live by a code. We decided that we would do certain things, we'd not do certain things, and it really don't matter whether everybody else does or doesn't. We know what we're going to do. And you see the freedom that gives you when you know who you are and you don't care what anybody else thinks. You, it doesn't matter to you what they mean. I, I mentioned my wife a moment ago, but I'll tell you this, but I liked about her attitude of that. She's here today, so I, I thought, okay, I'll pick on you. Um, but I asked her one time, I said, how is it that it never bothers you what somebody really says about you? And it doesn't bother me, but, but I have a different background as much. But never bothers her. And she said, I see people like trees. She said, when I'm walking through the woods, I don't care what that tree thinks. I, don't, I could care less about that tree's opinion. I could care less about those animals' opinions. Birds fly by. They could like me, not like me. It don't matter. And she said, I was raised, and she was in, a, in, a, in a, a situation where it was like 18 or 20 schools. 
So she said, I learned quickly, listen here and look there. And don't listen to anybody. And I said, that is probably for you what saved you through the years. And I've noticed that that, along with a number of other friends I have, that they march to a different drum. They just march. There's one friend that if we call me on the phone, when I start to pick up the phone, I'm already smiling because I say, this guy is such a maverick. He does his own, he lives by his own code. He, no one ever, ever gets him off course. He knows where he's going, what he's going to do. And I just respect those kind of people. I respect people that say, I don't care. I, one time we had a, was on Instagram. One time I was going to put someone on Instagram, and the person I had that would work with me said, if you do that, you'll lose followers. And I said, well, yeah, but it's true. Yeah, but you'll lose followers. And I said, okay, count how many I have now, and then when I say this, then let's count how many I lost. I lost like 50 or 60 people. Did you know I didn't lose sleep or a meal or anything over that? What if everybody today just suddenly disliked you, okay? What, what would you do? Would, that, would you lose sleep over it? Would it bother you if somebody said something and, and uh, it, you know, it, it kind of disrupted your, your mood? fact is, is the closer we can get our values defined, the easier it's going to be to be comfortable being who you are. And the less everybody else's voice in your life will have influence to get you off track. But the key is figuring out your value. What I liked was these boys basically said this, listen, King, we live by this code. These are our values. We are not changing. Now, those three boys lived it. Martin Luther, if you know, Martin Luther was the, the guy who was a German monk, and when he left, he, he wanted people to have a Bible in their hands. He believed we live by faith, and he broke loose from the Catholic Church, and that's how the Protestants came. But when Martin Luther did that, he was under great persecution, and they were about to kill him. And he's known for saying these words. Under threat of life, he said, here I stand, I can do no other. <laughs> Don't you like that? Don't you, something in me, when I see somebody that says, I don't care, this is what I'm going to do, where I'm going to be. They know who they are and they know the values they have. And that's going to be the secret for you. So think about in your own life, start writing down some of those values. What is it that means the most? What, what to my, to, in my book is high. And, and you can have, I don't, I don't recommend this. I don't recommend you have a hundred. Okay. Um, I think you need to have enough that can guide you, but you don't need a thousand values. I only have four or five, uh, and, and even those will be tested. I, I, one of mine is loyalty, and one of mine is integrity. Integrity is doing the right thing regardless of, and loyalty is if I'm your friend, I'm your friend to the very end. And, and I'll take a bullet for you. And I mentioned the seven friends in my circle. They would take one for me, and I would for them. It's, and it wouldn't be a second thought. It'd be an honor it would be an absolute privilege to be able to be counted so much their friend that you almost think, man, if there were a thousand people over here that hated them, I would love to walk over there and stand beside them and show that crowd. I'd love to. And I want to challenge you. That, for me, was a change. I, I'll give you an illustration of that real quick that happened years ago that was wonderful. I've never been invited back, by the way. I was, I was invited to the Alabama uh, Baptist Pastors Conference many years ago where all these preachers got to be about seven or 8,000 preachers. And, and years ago, what was crazy was is there were two men that were running for the president of that convention, and the vote was split 50-50. And both of the men were good men. And the one man that, that was running 
what I had just been to his church the week before and led his staff. Spent half the day with his staff. And the other guy that was running had been the guy that mentored me, Rick Cagle. And, uh, and so he had mentored me and brought me along. And so there was a vote over who's going to be the president. And I didn't know. I was just a speaker. I did not know that, uh, that I was supposed to, you know, say, not say anything, you know. And so I knew the vote was tight. And basically, I just got up and said, look, uh, there are two good guys running here. And, and I just want you to know, I love both of them. I said, but if you ask me where, you know, where I'd vote, you know, and I'm about ready to preach, I said, I'd vote for Cagle. And that's all I said, because that was my mentor. And then I went on and said, open your Bible to so-and-so. And I was told later, called to a room and said, you will never be back. You've influenced the election. You caused other people to vote him in. Well, I think I should have influenced the election. I mean, uh, vote for who you want to vote. But I thought, isn't that interesting? Loyalty oftentimes is, is a, gets a penalty to it. But do it anyway. And be loyal no matter what. And if you've got somebody that has been your friend and they've helped you, you stand with them no matter what. And so that was for me a value. Now, it may not be for others. Um, excellence is a value for me. Do it right. Do it perfect. Do the best you can. And if you can't, don't do it. But that's not the value of everybody. So figure out your values. Some people have a value. that They'll say, Pastor, this is my value. Whatever it is, just live by it. Pursue it. But I will say on the end of the day, your company has one, you have one, figure out what they are and they work. G.K. Chesterton said this. He said, courage is almost a contradiction in terms. It means a strong desire to live taking the form of readiness to die. Chew on that one some. That works. So I say this in the end. Your actions reveal your values. Clarify and define your values. I promise you, it'll change your life. Thanks. I hope you enjoyed this BP Leadership Lesson from Bill Purvis. And if you would like to hear more from Bill, make sure you check out the BP Leadership Podcast. You can find it on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and Stitcher. So make sure that you subscribe to the BP Leadership Podcast today.